What is the password? <laughs> Thirst. Welcome to the people under the scares. Welcome back to the People Under the Scares podcast, where we discuss everything scary, spooky, and disturbing in horror. This is Mike. And this is Bobby. And today we have a treat for you all, a treat that is about 40, 41 years old, something like that, 40, 41 years old. Oh, yeah. We are going to be doing Creep Show from 1982. But before we get into that, we're going to tell you, of course, what we've been watching recently. Yes. In regards to horror. Bobby, what have you been watching? <laughs> so I've been watching and catching up on a lot of things. Um, non-horror, horror stuff. Um, today was the premiere of Wolfpack. I watched it <gasps> today. The first episode. Um, I also believe the Teen Wolf movie came out, but I did not watch that because I wasn't really a huge fan of that show. But I did watch Wolfpack. And I see what people are talking about as far as the early reviews that is not really original. It's kind of just like we've seen it before, but there is some cool ideas that they're playing with in the show so far that I enjoy. And it's also, I mean, come on, it's about werewolves. So of course I'm going to be into this shit. Right. <laughs> so um, Sarah Michelle Gellar is great in it. Uh, we barely get, we barely get any Sarah Michelle Gellar. She comes in like the middle to the <gasps> end part of the show. But I want to see more from her, but we'll see where the rest of the season goes because we're only on episode one. But she just plays like a detective, police officer, or whatever. Um, question: my, Yes, is this a spin off of the Teen Wolf series, no. or is this a separate werewolf separate. show? It's a separate okay. werewolf show that I know of. Uh, it, I don't think it's included with Teen Wolf at all. So I like what they were doing, it's gory. There's blood. Uh, the only thing I do not like, and we talked about this before, Mike, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> is CGI werewolves. Hmm. It looks too cartoony, my guy. Like when I was watching, like some of the werewolves in the the show, and even uh, just some of the little stuff, like the glowing of the eyes and just like fast movement. It was CGI. And I'm like, y'all couldn't get yellow context to do. Like, I just, why? Why? So it reminded me too much of Cursed with, um, yeah, which I love Cursed. Don't get me wrong. But, and they did use a lot of practical, they used uh, um, CGI and practical effects in Cursed. Um, Some of it was because of studio choices when they, Wes Craven wanted to go all the way with practical, but uh, the Weinsteins wanted to be assholes and go with CGI. But, I think so we're studios. I'm sick of them. Me too. Like, if you hire a director 
let them do what the fuck they want to do with the movie. Like, I understand that y'all studio and y'all y'all trying to figure out what's right and what people would like to see, but let them be creators. Y'all hired them for a reason, so let them do what they do best. Especially a person like Wes Craven. Like, come the fuck on. But that's the past. This show has no reason <laughs> to be using this <laughs> much CGI, and it's pissing me off. Especially with this, like the littlest things, like I mentioned with the glowing of the eyes. Like, that can be a mixture Context. with... That can be a mixture with yellow context. And maybe if you wanted to brighten them, maybe you can use CGI at that moment where they're glowing. But when they're walking around with, you know, those uh, like yellow eyes, it should be context, <laughs> not just CGI's just covering their their eyes. So that's what pissed me off. But so far, I'm intrigued. I like the shows um, so far. And I'm going to keep watching and see where the, the show goes. Okay. So I've been watching that. I- I definitely want to check that out. So that sounds like a recommendation for everybody to watch Wolfpack on Paramount. Paramount, Paramount Plus. Y'all cost $9.99. So I need to, I don't know how the movie TV show industry works. Let me shut up. Um, <laughs> I watched Sissy for the first time Ooh. a few nights ago. What did you think? I I think, well, you know I love a villain. Mm-hmm. Although it, it's weird, this movie—I don't know how to not spoil this—but um, essentially, childhood friends, or so we think, meet up again as adults, and Sissy or Cecilia, as she prefers to be called, is invited onto this trip. And let's just say, chaos ensues, and I enjoyed it. I had a good time. <laughs> um, I was in my room yelling and screaming at me like, uh-uh, no, she did. I was really into it. And I was pleased with the, I was very pleased with the outcome actually. And it made me question my morality a little bit. The fact that I was so pleased <laughs> with the outcome, <laughs> but I don't care. I don't care. So sissy on shutter. Yes. Or of course you could buy it, but um, definitely check out sissy on shutter. It is a good time. It is fun. She has nice old flowy, curly, big old mm-hmm. poofy hair. Um, what yeah. I love about that movie is that shit just keeps escalating and it gets worse and worse. And it was so yes. many moments I started cracking up. I'm like, girl, you did not have to handle it like that, but here <laughs> we are. And to me, it seemed like she just said, well, fuck it. We're here. So let's just keep it going. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean once the one thing happened, it's kind of like, well, I, what else can I do at this point? Right. Really? Just start fucking everybody up. <laughs> I got no other choice. <laughs> but that is my nightmare. Like being, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, spoiler. So basically she was invited by a friend, but don't nobody else know, want her there. That is my nightmare. Showing up to an invite and somebody else doesn't want me there. And I'm just sitting there with a bunch of strangers and it's Aww. mad uncomfortable and quiet um, I wasn't. I don't Just like leave. those type of situations. I think I don't remember if she drove them there or they drove her there. I don't remember that. But um, Bitch, there's Uber. It exists. It takes place in this day and age. People keep forgetting that these ride sharing apps exist. So if you're not welcome at a place and you feel uncomfortable, and then say for instance it was a setup and you rode with these people, and all of a sudden. Things start switching and everybody start acting funny. I will call a Lyft and Uber so quick. Peace out. Yeah, it's true. Or just murder everybody. Or that. (laughs) But I would definitely recommend Sissy for y'all to watch. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. I watched a whole bunch of other stuff again, um, quickly. (laughs) So it was the nine horror real quick, but finale of Gossip Girl. I watched that today and it was actually really good. Um, I liked, (laughs) even though they didn't know that it was going to end. I, with this being the last episode of this season, I feel like it's a great send off. So, so like, it's kind of like if it got picked up for season season three, cool. If it didn't, sure. It ended in a way where I felt like I'm satisfied if we didn't get another season, in my opinion. Now, there is some, still some questions and some other characters I want to see still, but um, I think I'm happy where it's left off. I just do want another, I, I do want a stream, another streaming network to pick it up because I do enjoy the show. Even though a lot of these characters do get on my nerves. I think that's the point of Gossip Girl because I remember in the first uh, show, <laughs> watching it while I was like broadcasting, I didn't really care for none of those bitches. They all got on my nerves. Now, I did like some more than others, but then it was switched because they always do something fucking stupid. But now watching it as an adult, a 30-something-year-old man, I can see <laughs> some of the characters that I like, you know what? I can see who's more mature, um and my, <laughs> my the some of the characters I liked um kind of just switched. So with these new characters in Gossip Girl, like I can understand why a lot of people don't like any of these children. And I get it because it's kind of like the same ones from the original. Like how are these kids out here fucking but still going to school, but also getting these drinks and they're underage. It's literally the same fucking hotel rooms overnight. Where's your parents at? I guess the parent rich parents don't care about their they kids. Don't care. Um they in throuples at twelve or whatever fucking age these kids are at. 15, 16. uh, (laughs) It's different now, Mike. Like, that's what it is. Like, what I'm now seeing, especially the job I work at in dealing with kids, hearing stories, like, literally one of my, I don't know if she's listening. I'm sorry to be earing out your business. Um, (laughs) But I'm not going to say your name. But they told me that they just had a threesome after breaking up with their ex. And they have to be, like, 16 or 17 years old. I think they're 17, but they said that they just had a threesome um, and they had a good fucking time. And like these kids are out here doing their thing. So, and when I think back when I was that young, I didn't have threesomes, but I was out here in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) I like the look to the side. You just did. So, but look, if I had the money, if I was wealthy, like these characters in Gossip Girl, nine times out of 10, I would be doing the same thing. Mine is drugs because I don't fuck with drugs, but I'll be out here doing the same things that they're doing. So. Okay. Um, the bald one, annoying as fuck. Oh, I want to <laughs> be innocent and nice and everything. Yeah. And oh, look at me in the morning as I eat my toast. Don't you think I'm so interesting? Shut up, girl. I don't care. And it gets worse. Like, in this new, uh, in, like, all right, so the blonde head one, I forgot her name, but the, yeah, the, oh, one, the one from uh, Babysitter. A, yeah, and she's in a thruple. She be getting Julian together because you're right. Everything that you said that she was doing, that's what she's, she's trying to defeat gossip girl but she's putting everybody's business out there while trying to do it and she's fucking up her friendships while doing it so she's still playing innocent but she's also being a villain and that's like frustrating to me because it's like girl like just stop it like they all getting her together 
Um, Zoya got on my nerves. She, well, she got on my nerves since the first season. Um, the only one I really do like, like strongly really like, is um, the blonde-haired one. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like she... I didn't really like her in the first season. But later on in the uh in the first season and then all of se- um season two i do like her a little bit more because i feel like she has the most common sense um and then also uh what's her name something Dahan. uh the 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 <laughs> one of the bitchy girls she's the villain she's like one of the backup ones from the uh, the one who wanted to go against julian yeah her I like her because she feels like Gossip Girl to me. The rest of these characters don't... Her and Luna feel like Gossip Girl. The rest of them don't feel like Gossip Girl to me at all. They feel very new agey. Um, I need to be politically correct with every... Gossip Girl is not politically correct. But you keep that forgetting what world we in now. Is the times has changed. What is reality? <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, the bitch who's controlling Gossip Girl, child... I don't like her either. Wait till you see the set on this finale. I, you know, watch it, it please. Being canceled. I, just watch it. I'll watch the finale. Fine. I'll watch the finale. Just watch it. I hope there's a, an explosion at this. Oh, no. That's, let me not say that. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> please. I'm not going to say that. Let's I just, just hope say. The characters all go up to the upper room while partying at some. Um, extravagant um event no I'm gonna by georgina sparks i think she I hope she takes them all out no she's gone um mm. there is some redemption um luna i will say who's one of my favorite also yeah luna is one of my favorites as well because uh i feel like she just don't give a fuck either um and this season unfortunately now that it's over and it's never coming back i feel like this is where she just like I'm truly done with this shit. Like she even told Julian, "This is so high school. Like leave it the fuck alone." She constantly kept telling people, "Like get y'all shit together." I just grew to like her character a lot, so I wanted to see more of Luna. And um, but unfortunately, we're not going to get it. So, yeah. Oh, well, you, you didn't like Luna. I, the show can burn, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know what, Mike? You you seeing this, but you watch. I, ha- I, wait, I was invested at that point. I was hoping maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll give me the badass, badassery I'm used to on the other show, but it just was not happening. So what was it so, about the last show that this show is not the, doing? The, 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 first the villain characters were not trying to be goody two shoes and trying to be politically correct. And this, I feel like it's just disingenuous. It just feels disingenuous. And then of course, the queer one is fucking nuts. Uh, I Which don't one like they all, that. Case. There's a bunch of queer ones in here. Um, the one that fuck. What else was he? He was in um, the vampire movie. That oh, came out um, last year. Yeah, I don't like that character. He chilled though. Ever te- since he you got fucking in the your throttle. teachers, and then you're recording them, and then they get found out. All right, wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you right there because that's the he, shit that they were doing. He's trying to be pacey with her. He's trying to be That's what they were doing in the first, the, uh, the first Gossip Girl. They was doing shit like that. They weren't being politically p- politically I don't buy it. He's a teenager. I don't buy it. <laughs> and he's pompous as all hell. I don't like him. That's how they were like in the, the other one. <laughs> Look, 
I, I can't explain it. All I know is I can't stand them. And then we also have to realize we're grown yeah. as people, we're grown as men watching this teenage show. <laughs> so we maybe we can't relate to it anymore. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but um, what I will say is, like I said, if I was a teenager and I had that much money, I would be doing the same exact things, honestly. If my I don't age, suggest talking to your parents the way they talk to their parents. I do not suggest Oh, that no. My mom all. would get me to... Um, the only gossip girly line I heard the entire show was from... What is her name? Not Luna, but the other one. Monet. That's who it was. Monet. Yeah. And uh, Zora, she wanted to be hooked up with this other guy that I guess Monet knew. And then Monet was like, what do I look like a matchmaker for pores? That is the <laughs> only gossip girly line I heard that whole show. No, there's more, I believe. Ooh. There's a lot more, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. So now we are reviewing, recapping, talking shit about Creep Show 1982, which has a runtime of two hours, directed by the one and only George Romero, and yes. written by the one and only Stephen King. <clears throat> now, I did not remember that this was two hours long, and I think for some reason I thought it was going to be the same time as the sequel. And How I long was the say, sequel? I don't know, but wasn't there only four stories in part two? I believe so. So there's the rip, the lake. There's the 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 the, the one with the indigenous uh, statue. Yes, the hit and run. So that's three. Was there anything else? I, I feel there like you're definitely missing one. I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, anyway, it seems shorter. This one, two hours. I, I it didn't feel like two hours. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed some stories more than others. Same. Um, but we start off with the prologue, which is your boy Tom Atkins. Here we go. And um, he is a piece of work father. He's an asshole. That little boy had me cracking up though, because when he mentioned about him finding his uh dirty magazines and stuff like that, yes. he's like, "You snooping through my shit too, you little bitch." <laughs> So the father hates that the son is reading horror comics, and then the son is like, "Well, it's better. My books are better than the ones you keep in your uh, underwear drawer mm-hmm. with the nudies." <laughs> What's the name of the married? What was Al Bundy reading on uh, Married with Children? Biggins or something? What was the name of the magazine he was always reading? I do not remember. I still, <laughs> I haven't seen that show in so long, and I just remember the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Christina Applegate in a horror movie, but um, okay. Anyway, I know. <clears throat> so you know what's funny? It's, it's funny that you mentioned her because on Facebook, and I'm I'm barely on Facebook. Something just told me to go on there, and Jessica Simpson's uh public affair video came up. I said, "Oh, I haven't seen this in years." <laughs> so I pulled it up, and I forgot Christina Christina Applegate was in that. Her, Eva Lagoria, uh, Christina Million. I said a million. Christina Million. And who else was in there? I think that was it. And they were just skating, having a fun time. <laughs> I don't remember this video. It was so funny. And I'm like, Christina Applegate? Like, it's so random seeing her in a Jessica Simpson video. And then you have Christina Million and then Eva Longoria. I'm like, this is a weird Did you combination. see the, the Jessica Simpson video going around, but it has Beyonce's vocals? Yes, because of you. <laughs> Oh, 
but why does it fit? I'll, like, I even... <laughs> oh, my God. I watched that drawing like three times, bro. Like, I literally watched it three times in a row because... <laughs> but her dramatic ass face when yes. she's singing. It was, it was make... Oh, it's funny as fuck. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> So Tom Atkins, he throws his son's comic book out in the trash. And the son is in the bed. First of all, this is Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. And he kind of looked scary to me. I thought the kid was possessed when he was in the bed. There was something about oh, yeah. his eyes that was scary to me. And he wished death upon his father. And then there's like some, I don't know what to call it. There's some spirit, a creep show spirit or some shit at his window. It was like a there ghoul. We go. Yeah. And the kid smiled like a freak. Because who the fuck would react like that if that's at your window? Me. Of course. <laughs> Let me stop. No, I wouldn't. I would be freaked out, honestly. <laughs> and the mama's down there like, oh, you don't have to, you know, be so hard on him. And he's, what the fuck did he say? That's why God made fathers or some shit like yeah. that. I guess to and, be rough and, and not give a fuck about the kid's interests. And then he talking about like, um, like he's into like horror stuff. And then the funny thing about it too is he was going on and on and he was um, naming stuff that was in the comic book. Like he's sitting here uh, reading things about, you know, uh, like zombies and um, uh, he, he mentioned something else too. Oh yeah. Um, monsters and crates and stuff. So I said, obviously he went through the comic book that to see what he was fuck he was reading. So I think Tom Atkins' character low-key enjoyed the comic book. He was just being a hater. I think he assumed his son would grow up to not be productive in life if he was into comics. Which also, this was reminding me of people who criticize our love of horror. Yeah, that's exactly what like, it is. Shut up. Right. Mind your business and be interested in the boring ass shit y'all interested in, okay? Because I'm guarantee you the shit we like is way more fun than what y'all like. So I don't want to hear shit. You watch your sports and ball, your 49ers versus the, the Dolphins. <laughs> Even your though foosball. The, your foosball. Even though the Eagles, I'm hoping they're they make it to the Super Bowl this year. Go Eagles, Philadelphia. Woo woo. <laughs> y'all get crazy when y'all win. I don't think y'all need to be. All right, because we got crazy because we never made it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the one time we made it to the Super Bowl, our city just went crazy. And it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Because it looked like Gotham City. And yeah, like all but the nothing... inmates were let loose in Gotham City because y'all yeah. won. There was explosions. There was light. <laughs> People was wearing cars. They were hanging off of, uh, uh, fixtures in the city. It was amazing. I loved it. And I hope we do it again this year. <laughs> who's playing? Because I don't, I don't follow this. So who's playing exactly? Right now, I think this weekend is going to be the Eagles versus... Um, is it the 49ers? I might be wrong because they just beat Dallas. Somebody just beat Dallas Cowboys this, sun, this past Sunday. So I think it's the 49ers going up against the Eagles this weekend. Um, okay, well, I'm rooting for the 49ers because I don't like birds. So, uh-uh. First of all, why are you doing that? We, you're supposed to be uh, Eagles. Go Eagles. <laughs> We're in the, on, you're on this podcast. Come on. Sure. I hope they win, but I still don't like birds. All right. And there it's are the some, fucking there's, football some, team. <laughs> there are some cute uh, Philly Eagle players. I don't remember the names, but I definitely no, saw some. No, there's... All right, so 
y'all, I barely, wa- I barely watch football, but when I was watching uh, the Eagles destroying the Giants last weekend, and like it was three, I forgot their names, but it was three handsome men that kept getting these touchdowns. I was like, mm, just sitting here watching. <laughs> and I was mostly watching it on mute, and I had to unmute it because I wanted to know what they were talking about. So, what would else would they be talking about? He scored a touchdown. And I want to hear what they sound like. What's wrong with that? Oh, the players. Yeah, the players. Afterwards, like when this game was over and they did the whole like little press conference. Okay, the we're going to go through the roster when we get we're finished recording because I want to see what these players look like. And I need um, I need a sponsor. So I'm <laughs> down. But yes, go Eagles. All right. Creep show. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we get into our first story, Father's Day. And um, I'm still deciding if I really enjoy this one or not. But this is about the Grantham family, which is a very old money family. They're very bougie and bitchy, and I'm not really Mm -hmm. feeling them. But um, they have a very, what's the word? I'm trying to think. It's a very awkward, they don't seem to like each other. And you know how like regular families, they crack jokes on each other. It seems like they're rivals in a way. Like there's. Yes. It's like there's some people in the family that they really don't care for. They only get together during the holidays or for the sake of, you know, one family member that really wanted them to get together. In this case, it's Father's Day. And I guess they do this like once a year. Yes. Yeah. It's an annual dinner party. The family gets together once a year. I guess it's almost like... um, No, never mind. Let me think of something else. That's not what I was saying. (laughs) Okay, so they get together every year for a dinner party, and then um, Cass, um, she bring one of the family members. She brings home her fiance, Mister Ed Harris. Hello. Although when I saw him, I was thinking of Sex in the City when they were trying when Charlotte was trying to hook Stanford up with uh, yes. Mario Cantel, and he was like, "You said he looks like Ed Harris. Ed Harris. More like <laughs> Ed have no Harris." <laughs> that I could not stop thinking about that. Whenever I saw him on the screen, do you think Ed Harris is attractive? I thought he was attractive in Milk Money. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, you like Milk Money? I love Milk Money. I did money. like Milk Money. Oh my gosh. That's one of, I love that movie. Gone are the days where you could hire a sex worker with pennies or whatever the mm-hmm. hell they were buying her with. But um, yeah, I thought he was attractive in that. Mm-hmm. Not in this you movie. You could have got it. Um, <laughs> Not in this movie. So the family is, I'm telling the story of the matriarch, Bedelia, I believe that's how it was pronounced, and how she killed her father, Nathan, um, who was another piece of garbage. And she also ended up being his caretaker for, it seemed like, decades, because they didn't seem like a time jump with the way she looked. And he is ruthless. He's banging his cane on the table, talking about he wants his birthday cake. Uh, where's my cake? Where's my? Was it? No, it was a Father's Day cake, right? Because it was Father's Day. I think, yeah, Father's yeah. Day. And she was going off, and he was he was calling her all types of bitches, and just going mm-hmm. off. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I probably would have done the same thing that Bedelia did. Child, I would have tossed his ass in that pool. So if quick. he was in a wheelchair, I don't know if he was. It would have been a moment like an ex and Pearl. <laughs> Bitch, you, where's the gator? <laughs> no hesitation. I would have dropped his Ooh. ass in here so quick. That has to be a 
wild way to go get eaten out by an alligator or a crocodile. Oh my god! And the thing mm. that they do that death roll too is the split freak. Mm. Like I've seen like a YouTube video where they do that when they try. No, actually, it was a video where I don't know what <clears> zoo this was or where. I just don't know what zoo it was, but it was these kids watching it, and one of the caretakers were coming out trying to give it food, but the alligator clamped onto the caretaker's hands and mm. dragged her in. She was pulling her back, <gasps> and they were all trying to help, and then one of the kids were just like so amazed by it. The other ones were freaking out, and it was one kid that was like, ooh, like excited and the alligator was doing a death roll trying to get her out of here and mm. i was like i cannot imagine i'm that's my job and it's twirling around like that because when it twirls like that it takes you with it so you're twirling with it and oh trying mm-mm. to rip your skin up your body pieces off so you can die mm-mm. yeah shoot it kill it with fire <laughs> harpoons <laughs> i don't even know if that would work when they're out of skin i don't know Whew. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Nathan, he got rich by what? Committing fraud, extortion. I believe he was murdered by hire. He even orchestrated to have Bedelia's fiance murdered. Peter. So that she basically felt the need to cling to him to survive, I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. And then one day she just fucking, one Father's Day, she had it. She snapped. He wanted his cake. He kept ranting and raving about it and she popped him upside the head with a fucking what was it an ashtray something like that with an ashtray he's <laughs> dead and obviously she inherited money and now she got these little spoiled ass motherfuckers beneath her in the family that have money now bedelia does visit his nathan's grave every father's day when they come mm-hmm. and this day she sat by the grave and she was popping a lot of shit, shit. yeah <laughs> And his ass came out the grave and got her together. (laughs) He came out, choked her out, and he was talking about his cake. So one thing I will say, so when did you first watch this movie? Because I remember watching this as a kid, and this movie gave me nightmares, particularly this segment, because the way he looked. And also the color, I don't know. It's like when you sometimes when you go to um haunted houses. They have that type of light in there. And the fact that they use this throughout the whole movie, first of all, but this is mm-hmm. the first segment. So just to see that lighting on him and he's this zombie coming up and then the music, it does that weird like screeching and just yep. like, ooh, <laughs> I, got, I get goosebumps every time. And it stuck with me. So if I don't know out. when I first, I feel like I saw the second one first. And I always would mix this movie up with. Tales from the Crypt, the movie from the 70s. Oh, wow. Um, I think from the 70s. Um, I know I was young. I definitely was young when I first saw this because I remember, not this one, but I remember the Roach one, the Grass one with Stephen <laughs> King. Yeah. And um, the Crate. So those three are the ones I remembered. <clears throat> so now he's headed back, Father Nathan, he's heading back to the house. And essentially, he's killing everybody in the, up in there. So he yeah. kills the, the cook, and then he <laughs> twists, um, what's her name? Sylvia? I think she's the old, one of the older yeah. uh, members of the family. He twists he, her head mm-hmm. around and then serves it on a platter as his, his Father's Day cake. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that I mean, that's the too, end of that. Because it does that whole, like, when, he, <laughs> when she bumps into him, and then it does that whole screeching noise again. And that music just, uh, and 
another th- reason why I love Creepshow because it's got that whole comic book feel. So when they're whenever they're freaking out or they get scared, you see like a close up shot and they're like, ah! and then they got the little comic book background behind them and it's like and red the colors and blue are like light. red and blue and yeah. black. And black. Yeah, I love it. So that's what happened when Nathan came out with his little Father's Day cake. Father's Day, I got my cake. Day. <laughs> and he like i finally got my cake or some shit like that and they're like screaming and then it freezes and they go into the next segment so it was really quick um but i enjoyed the segment <clears throat> it's one of my favorites um mm. it's one of the scarier ones because again i don't like zombies and he was a creepy zombie and again just the music and um shout out to um Damn, what's his name? Tom Savini. Tom Savini did the creature effects and special effects in this movie. He's well known in the horror mm. community. He does a lot of most of the zombie makeup and ghouls and demon makeup you see in like horror from the eighties and even nineties is most. It mostly came from Tom Savini, and he had a huge part in this movie. And he was also in the movie at the end. He played one of the garbage yes. men. Um, so it was great to see. And he played Sex Machine from Dust Till Dawn. Great yes, <laughs> loved it. So you had like a stack cast <clears throat> and creep show. You had so many people in here from like horror and not even horror and just doing their thing in creep show. So I love it. And so again, Tom Savini, love his work in here. That's why I was freaked out. I think I might like this the least of the stories on here. Really. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I wanted more. Well, that sounds weird because some of them don't have as much going on in here. I don't know. Maybe it went too fast for me. It did go really fast. Now, my least favorite one is the one that's coming next. <gasps> really? I, I, I was <clears throat> I always guess this bored one was fast by this. Too. It was fast, but I was always bored by this one when I was a kid because coming from something like zombies and people getting their necks snapped and you know, uh, tombstones being dropped on them, which we forgot to mention. Yes. Ed, Ed Harris' character, when he got killed, because he was dancing and stuff and having a good time, and he went out for like a cigarette or something, and he went out to the grave, and he falls or something like that, and fucking Nathan Zombie come out, and he got these like fucking telekinetic powers yes. moving the tombstone, and he drops it on to um, Ed Harris Ooh. and kills him. So that's one horrible way to go out. He just lied. I don't know why he kept lying there. And I didn't notice the telekinetic because for some reason, I just imagined he was behind it. Yeah. But then I saw how far away he was from So I'm like, okay, so he can push it with his mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Um, but you know what this reminds me of, too? Tells from the Hood, because it was almost like the same situation coming with out the, the needles. grave. With the needles. He had the little powers with the needles and stuff like that. He was using his hand. So there is some similarity you- there. What if to get powers you have to die, and then mm. you get some sort of supernatural abilities? Like, would that be worth it to be a zombie? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean to get revenge. Sure, if I was to get revenge, then that's fine. But like, what's going to happen to me once I get revenge and get everybody out of here? Do I just go back in the dirt? Like, <laughs> no, you become a vigilante. Like. Denzel Washington. And yes, his name is Denzel. Denzel. Um, 
an equalizer. You know, you get some vengeance. You help people. I guess I'll be more like a spawn character. Mm. Yeah. I want a new okay. spawn movie, by the way. Spawny, spawny, he's our man. He can't do it. No. Okay. Uh, S to the P <laughs> to the A to the one. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> John Lucasamo is so underrated. Speaking of John Lucasamo, I watched the movie with him today in it too. Um, Violent Night. I finally watched Violent Night, the Santa Claus movie. He was great in that. I loved him in that movie. Okay. Um, cool. But before we go off into that next, <laughs> another tangent on something that's not had nothing to do with this uh, episode. Um, the next segment is the lonesome death of Jordy uh, Ravel. That's how you say the last name? Vero. Vero? He, he, he's Jordy. Child. Ain't nobody else in his name story, so he's by himself. He's the Jordy. lonesome death of Jordy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the one that has Stephen King in it. Uh, yes. And he's like this... Is he a farmer or something like that? He just I think the... it is on a farm. He definitely yeah. gives me I fuck pigs and goats because nobody yeah. else is around me. Nobody else is there. And a meteor uh falls into his his property onto his yard and he touches it. Um <laughs> Straight foolish. Gets burned, it, you know, even cracks open and he spills the juices into the lawn and all that stuff. And when even when it burns him, when he touches it, like he puts his fingers in his mouth. Meteor shit. So mm. I'm like, all right, this is where you fuck up too, my guy. So the whole thing with this is <laughs> there's not really much to it. He just turns into a fucking plant. <laughs> and he's Troll too. Uh, okay, go on. Okay, trolled. <laughs> yeah, he turns into a whole plant, and um, it, it gets worse. Like he's sitting here chilling. And, I mean, he wanted to sell this uh, meteor to like whatever because he thinks he's going to get some money from it. But then obviously that's not going to happen. <laughs> In his imagination, he's taking it to the Department of Meteors, which I don't think that would be the name of it. No, but he wants to sell it for two hundred dollars to pay off a bank loan. Which I looked that up; that would be six hundred fifteen dollars today. Six hundred fifteen dollars um, today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, that's some, I feel like that's still shortchanging yourself, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, especially for but, a meteor. And. Oh, and when he sucked his fingers, when you mentioned that, he had bumps all in his fingers from oh, touching yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bumps. So this reminded me, there's a movie called The Curse from, I think it's 1986, and it has the kid from Stand By Me in it. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it's a similar plot. A meteor falls onto their land, and it starts affecting all the, the, the plants, all the, the vegetation, the people. Like, everything is kind of, like, mutating. Which mm. I think it's similar to Color Out of Space too, in a in a way. Oh yeah, it's very it's almost Lovecraftian a little bit, but it, I did enjoy this because it was a very simple plot, and I like creature features, so it kind of reminded me of that. And for the villain to just be a meteor that creates plant life, <laughs> wherever it is, is interesting to me. And the planet does have a lot of water. Our bodies are made mostly of water. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting aspect. Well, I just wanted something a little bit more from this. Like, But I think that's the with these short stories, um, we don't really get that much time, so we do want more from it. But this is definitely one of the ones I'm just like, all right, I would like to see a little bit more from this. Um, because I'm like, okay, he 
it is interesting to see how he touched this meteor. Yeah, he's starting to turn into this whole plant. And even seeing his farm grow, like, grass from all over the place. And even inside his home, is grass everywhere. Yes. Um, and even him seeing, when he goes into the bathroom and he wants to take a bath, and he sees, like, a vision of his father in a mirror. And he, his father is telling him, like, don't do it. That's what it wants. It wants water or whatever. And he's like, Dad, you've been dead for, like, three years or whatever. <laughs> and the dad is like, you're pretty much just, like, signing your death fucking certificate right there. Don't fucking do it. And he's like, in his head, he's just like, well, I'm pretty much already dead. Like, there's no point. And he still gets inside the fucking bath. And why would you want to do that? Obviously, this is plant matter growing on you (laughs) so you're feeding it (laughs) you're feeding so would you have gone to the doctor because there's a point where he contemplates going to the doctor 100 which i mean not that they may have been able to do anything but at least people are watching you at the very least they could shave off the fucking grass all over your ass Mm -hmm. um it would never got to that point because he's been there obviously for hours the moment i got um struck or were stung by this meteor or whatever or burned by this meteor um and i start seeing bumps and shit on my fingers i would have took my ass right to the hospital and yeah by that time i probably would have had grass growing out of me but not to the extent where in this movie he had it like everywhere at that point they probably would have found something they probably would have scraped it off or they probably would have chopped off a fingertip maybe something um i would have been okay with that (laughs) but like it's too late for him now in this movie because when he gets off the top, he's he's completely covered in the grass, and then he decides to basically end his life because I guess he figures this is just going to continue to the point where I can't even move or live. Mm-hmm. So that was the end. Basically, that's the end. The very ending we hear on the radio that there's going to be an amazing amount of rainfall in the area. Mm-hmm. and so, so that means spread. that grass is going to spread now i'm wondering if people touch the grass if they also start turning into the grass like stephen king did in this or jordy see that would be crazy because and if, if that was the case if they touched the grass the whole earth would just be covered it would go grass. back to normal Mm-hmm. You still go back to normal. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I would do. Uh because it's like we touch grass pretty much almost every day. We walk on it. And what if it blends in with the regular grass that we have here? So it's Ooh, like extra you don't terrestrial know. grass versus earth grass. Right. What if you're you have dogs and you they're you playing in your yard and the dog is going in and he gets you know, infected and he brings that shit back into your house or you go out there to get your dog and you get, you know, infected. So it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot. So I would like to see a little bit more from this story. But like I said, it was one of the boring ones for me just because coming from zombies, then going into this, even though there's all different versions of horror and this is obviously more sci-fi, which I don't mind. But again, coming from people getting killed to this one, yeah, maybe we should have got this one first and then the Father's Day one. But I guess I the first that. one, they probably want to pull people in. So you, we mm. start off with something with zombies and people getting killed, and then we get something a little lighter in the middle, and then we go back to zombies again, and then we get something not light. I, I guess going forward, it's not light. 
this is the only out of all the stories and all the segments i think this is the lightest one yeah because there's not as much going on it's a very simple plot i mean the very very beginning of it reminds me of the blob um oh yes up until the grass and shit starts happening but um yeah i enjoy it but that's only because i like sci-fi and i like creature features and it was giving me that a little bit um so that's the end of jordy <laughs> literally and hopefully the, <laughs> the cattle will be able to save their booty holes from now on and he won't be able to touch them now we're making assumptions <laughs> i i i can sniff it on him oh no all right next segment this one is called something to tide you over <laughs> something to tide you over um liam neeson is he no not liam neeson it's leslie nelson <laughs> Why in my notes I have Liam Neeson? No, it's all Leslie. throughout my notes for this, it is, it is, it is Leslie. <laughs> I, was I like, got wait. Ted Danson right. I got Ted Danson right though. I was like Liam Neeson was in. <laughs> I will find you. Oh man, I have a specific set of skills. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, I need to be more careful with my notes. Liam, Leslie is close. Um, <laughs> Leslie, <laughs> he um, finds out about his wife's affair, Rebecca, with Ted Danson. And first of all, he has a line at the door that made me think of, what was it, airplane or something? He's like, don't call me Mr. or something. I thought about, uh, yeah. and please don't call me Shirley. That's mm-hmm. what I thought about when he said that. But um, <laughs> he holds Ted Danson up at gunpoint. So basically like, look, you better come with me or Rebecca's getting got. So you better bring your ass on and that's it. So he follows him and he takes him to a beach that he owns. And he tells, he shows him an empty grave, essentially, at the beach. and says, now start burying yourself up in there. Go on Get ahead. In that hole. If you don't. I have a gun. I will shoot you if you don't do it. And I can kill her. Yeah, he's like, so, if you ever want to see Rebecca or Becky again, um, I suggest that you do this. Now, this is... I, I never understand these circumstances when you know you could die when they tell you to do something and you have the choice of doing that or trying to fight to get out of this situation. But how would you fight? Because I was thinking the same thing watching this. And every time I do watch this movie, I do think about that. Because it's like, how could a, a Ted Danson's character get out of this? Like, because he had a gun and he had no weapon. And he didn't want to get mm-hmm. shot. You know what I mean? I mean, and I was looking. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, Lastly Nielsen, maybe he like turn around and that was Ted Danson's chance to like bum rush him or tackle him or something. But it was none of that. Like he had his eyes on him all the way. Um, the only thing, the only part I could think of is when they were in a car, maybe Ted Danson should have <laughs> grabbed the wheel and like made him crash or some shit. Yeah. But other than that, I couldn't think of any other circumstances where he could have gotten out of, gotten out of that. So. Well, for one, stop, drop, roll, pick up sand, fling in face. How he, he's already in the hole. How he's going to stop, drop, and roll. He's going to be in the same spot. Well, so he told him to get in the hole. He didn't get in the hole yet. So he could have done that. He would have been... <laughs> he would have been so shocked at his cat-like reflexes. Kick him in the knee. 
He was that, old enough. I mean, or that. So he's not Liam Neeson. So you could beat his ass probably. Now, now I almost called him Leslie Jordan, child. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Rest in peace. So yes, R.I.P. And um, so now Ted Danson, he has successfully been buried up to his neck in the sand at the beach. Now he's close enough to the water. And he realizes that when the tide rises, that his head is going to be underneath the water and he won't be able to breathe and he will drown. Um, Hold your breath. Leslie shows him. Now this I was confused by. I was like, they had technology to watch TV on the beach and bring all these cords and sockets and shit. Because in the beginning, he was talking about like, um, this is like a good picture. Or he's like, you're watching your TV like this. This is not a good picture. Like, it seemed like he knew about the type of technology for that time. Like, he knew about VHS. Because he even mentioned, like, when he got to the beach, he was like, oh, well. And he started playing the recording or the live video, I should say, of uh, Becky being, you know, covered by the tide. He even mentioned that this is not a uh a recording like this is a live one like he said and press mm-hmm. play like this is being recorded so he seemed like he knew his stuff now i did have a question i'm like well you're in the middle of the beach how the fuck is this plugged up like where do you where's the cores like and i see the cores but i'm like where is it plugged up did he have a generator where it's giving something the... in his truck maybe but when he drove away it was still playing, so mm. no. So I did see a box behind Ted Danson when he was buried. I'm like, well, maybe that's like the generator that's given the TV and the VCR uh, power because okay. there's no other way <laughs> that this could be powered on. <laughs> um, This situation, I just, I feel like I'd be fucked. First of all, I don't like the beach. I don't like the feeling of sand. Um... And you're sitting there waiting. He wakes up. There's a fucking crab by him. I would have lost it. <laughs> and then he, uh, Leslie shows back up. And um, he's taunting him more and more and more. I think this point he shows Rebecca drowning. Yeah. In the, in the the uh, With the tide going over her damn head. So Ted Danson's like, well, you know, this is it for me, I guess. You know. <laughs> Hold your breath. Much That's I all you can do. do. So now I do love this scene. So Leslie leaves and then we see Ted dancing like more and more waves are coming in. And then when the final wave comes in, we see his head underwater and then there's like this red light oh, yeah. behind him. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. I don't know so, how the hell they did that, but it looked cool. Well, what they did real quick, I did see a fact. Um, well, they said something about Ted dancing few years ago being interviewed and somebody a random fan asked them like how did they do that scene and he said they put his head in this little tank and they built like this little platform where like fake sand or something and they so he wasn't like actually like he was underwater but he wasn't obviously on the beach it was just like a little tank Mm -hmm. that they put over his head and they filled it with water and they gave him oxygen so every now and then they would put tubes to feed him oxygen so he can breathe uh so that's what they did they just put like a little tank over his head and did like a fake platform to make it look like a sand the magic of movie making right but what i also love is like he goes back and uh what's the uh what's we call we call them by their real names but what's their uh character names i think it's richard and harry so richard is leslie nelson right and i yes. think harry is it harry 
Yeah, Harry is Ted Danson. So Richard goes back home after he did what he did to Harry and Rebecca. And he's watching them live on his TV, like side by side, watching yes. the waves come over and they're drowning. It's a psycho. Yes. And he just kept saying, like, hold your breath or something and just laughing. And then there's one part where Harry looks at the screen because I guess he sees the camera. He said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to kill you. And he's just like, <laughs> not to answer. Um, Richard's just like, child, okay, sure. <laughs> and then that's when we get the scene that you were talking about. And, you know, you see the light behind them, which mm-hmm. they use a lot in this movie. And um, we go into later where Richard is just minding his business and stuff in his own little place. And we get some good old fashioned zombies breaking into the house. Yeah, he. I don't like how he's acting. I, I get the vibe that he'd be fucking around with his wife too. So I really wasn't, this segment had me conflicted because I wasn't a fan of the adulterers and I wasn't a fan of him either by the end of it. I feel like they're so all shitty. Of, yes. But so it's kind of, if you want to get back, if you want to get back at somebody, you know, if you want to do revenge, I would say this is a great way to do it. If you truly hate these two people, and you want to get him out of That's here? That's a confession from Bobby Torres. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not a psycho or anything. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to be a killer and somebody fucked you over, and the best way to get the person that you, I guess, you thought loved you and you love, and the person that they're cheating on you with, out of here is to do that. Bye-bye. Hmm. But I can tell that Richard was a dickhead. Like I could tell he was very entitled. I mean, he's a wealthy man. He owns the fucking beach. And look at look at his house. You can tell he's he a has smart money. ass. He's a smart ass. I feel ass. like he probably was controlling because he had surveillance everywhere in the house. So she was probably sick of him. And he probably had a small dick, so that's why she went with Harry. Hmm. He probably couldn't okay. keep it up, so that was another reason. Some people like smaller ones. It isn't always about well. The big clearly, ones. well, I, well. According to Rebecca, I'm sure. <laughs> Listen, have you seen Ted dancing and um, what was it? <laughs> Made in America with Whoopi Goldberg and Jennifer Tilly was in it and Nia Long. And remember, he was fucking Jennifer Tilly in the movie. And look, and she was doing cartwheels. He had that so bitch happy. doing. <laughs> he had that bitch doing cartwheels, butt ass naked, talking about we go up and down. Listen. I'll give him a good six. Don't say that. What, which is, yeah, I think about it. Nah, I think he's a good. This. I think he's like a good seven and a half, eight. He gives me those vibes. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's not too It's good. usually those men that kind of have like, you know, the ones that have like, like, I feel like he has big dick energy. I will just say that. Compared to Ted people Dan- that. Tr- well- People that try too hard, like Leslie Nielsen's character, you can tell they have small penises. So, mm. I don't know. Ted Danson had a couch. Something? He had a couch, had furniture. Usually the best ones are mattresses on the floor and no furniture. Usually, I'm that's so the, sorry for the, the ones that you dealt with, Michael, but... Uh, I had a blow-up mattress, yes, for quite a, a little while until I had to grow up and get a, a bed bed. But um, you've been there, um, you know, <laughs> the people who who have to. Never mind. I 
Yeah, we did go off. But this. anyway, so the rest of the segment, uh, Richard get, you know, what was coming to him. Rebecca and Harry comes back as zombies and get Richard out of here. They break into his house. And I will say this uh, makeup effect looks great as well. You could tell that they are like these sea zombies or whatever because they had like seaweed on them. And you could just tell they've been underwater for a while, the way their skin looked. And even how they sound, like they had like gurgly like type voices. And it was just, was it, it was kind of creepy. They sounded like the alien Power Rangers when they were talking. Oh. A most distressing situation. We shall do everything in our power to come to your aid. We also live by the sacred code of the Rangers. They, I'm trying. Okay, Yo. I'm trying to, it was very. <laughs> some shit like that. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> but that's what they sound like. They sound like the alien Power Rangers with the big ass tan heads mm-hmm. with them things. That's what they sound like to me. I thought you was gonna remember on Power Rangers Turbo that little alien monster thing that they. <laughs> And it made that weird noise when it was given power. <laughs> I know you can do it. You do great. <laughs> I don't remember the sound though. I All right, I'm gonna find it because that shit was so funny. And it when you did that when you did that noise, that's I think that's what it sounded like. It sounds kind of <laughs> like that. It reminded me of that. Uh, anyway, uh, they sound. Check creepy. out Power Ranger Turbo. Creepy. Jason's hot. Um, he is. It's, I think it was the earring. When we hit that era. I think that's it was, was. It was wet. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. gonna stand by Jason. It was the shirt. One of the hotter Power Rangers that's been around, but that's just 100%. my opinion. Um. Yeah. Okay. It's not Liam. Oh. Leslie. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. The they basically get their revenge, so they decide to take him to the beach and bury him. And now he and he's still talking shit. Talking about I can hold my breath for a long time. Da, 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 da. Mm. Okay, let's see how long. And now the tide comes in on him, and so obviously he drowns as well. And I kind of like that they don't always show an actual death in this, yeah. but you still get an idea of what the hell happens. Yeah, that's so all you really drowns. Yeah, that's all you need. We don't need to see it again. Like we know what happened to them too, so it's going to be the same thing with him. So why show it? Um, but he was talking a lot of shit. Even his scared look, like when he was running from them in the house and he shut the door and when he turned around, it was right there. The way he was just scared, I, I don't know. I loved it. I never seen that real side of Leslie Nielsen. No, to start there. I'm so used to him being a goofball and like fucking, you know, the movies that he do- like did. You know, he passed away too. Rest in peace. But this was the first movie that I've seen him being like a dickhead and just mean and serious. I'm just like, hold up. <laughs> like, he was funny and, you know, Dracula did in loving it. That's like one of my favorites from the, uh, of his. Oh, my God. Um, Repossessed with Linda Blair when they were. I still goofing. have not seen that. You haven't, I need oh, to you watch haven't. this. It's so fucking funny. Um, I covered it on uh, Rise from the Dead with Rise Ash Dead. Mm-hmm. and Mark on um Rochester Day podcast with Ash and Jerm right now. So check that out if you haven't seen well listen to that one. But he was great and repossessed too. And I just love Leslie Nielsen. So it sucks that he's not he's no longer with us. But this was the first movie that I was like, whoa, he should have done more like serious and been in a little bit more horror movies being like an asshole. Not even just that, just being a, a different character than we used to. 
Yeah, that scene where you're talking about where he shuts the door and then he turns around in there, I would have shit myself. Oh, yeah. Like, how the fuck did y'all get here? Right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There was no smoke coming in the room or nothing, and they just popped up. Maybe they can be like this. Do you remember the secret world of Alex Mack? They used to be on Nickelodeon. The chick they used to turn into liquid. Yes. Maybe that's what they did. Because they're water creatures. So maybe they went back into the water form and slid underneath the cracks of the door and then reformed into themselves. I would argue Alex Mack was turning into liquid metal and not water. It was. Because it, like. it was like a silver, like, a, like you said, like a liquid metal. But in this case, I'm going to say water because they died in the water and they came from the sea, so. Huh. And that's the end of, <laughs> of that story. <laughs> um, again, you know, I, I kept trying to think to myself if there's morals to these stories or if they're just, you know, nah, I don't being think made. So. Just do your significant other because this may happen to you. Yes, and then don't take violent actions against the cheater because something could happen to you. Mm-hmm. Although and maybe if we were nice, I would have been here for it. I don't know. You say maybe what? If you were nice, I would have been here for the revenge. Um, but why would he be nice? <laughs> like he got cheated on. But I just feel like he wasn't nice already. And that just kind of, I mean, it came across that way, but maybe, I don't know. Again, we don't have that context because we don't, we didn't see anything. We don't. Maybe get... he was lovely beforehand, Maybe. and they were just and they turned him into bastards. this monster. Mm. Different af- outlook. Okay. I gotta hold my breath for a long time. <laughs> now we are coming to the crates. One of my faves. Which Yes, which is obviously a short story by Stephen King published in 1979 issue of Gallery. I clicked on Gallery on IDMDB and it said it was an adult magazine and I saw titties. So um, I'm assuming that's the same magazine that this story was in, but I wasn't sure. Okay. But basically... An old wooden crate is discovered by a janitor beneath uh, the basement stairs at the zoology department of Horlicks University. The biology the professor Dexter is alerted, and then the two encounter a beast like no other. One of the scariest. Another one that scared the shit out of me <clears throat> as a kid. Yes, I definitely have questions, but um, we have Hal Holbrook as Henry, who plays, I guess, a disgruntled husband who doesn't defend himself. And then we have Adrian Barbeau <laughs> as Wilma. Queen. Felt, yes. This was... Okay. So she was a bit much in this, but in a good way for me, I'm sure for other people, maybe not. I kind of got the feeling that this was straight men's fear and perception of strong women mm. and what it looks like to them. But for me, I was like, okay... She was a lot in this movie, but I'm like, in reality, maybe the character would not be like this. I think she was a bit much in, uh, what's his face? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Henry. Mike. Wait. Who's Mike? Is it Mike? There's Henry, uh, Henry? the husband, Wilma, and then Dexter You're right. Stanley's. I'm sorry. The- Henry. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where I get him from. <laughs> Henry. That's her husband, right? The main mm-hmm. guy. I feel like he is a pushover. 
Um, and That's the he, word. Yes. Yeah. He's a pushover, and she know that he's a pushover, so she continues to treat him treat him like this. And I think that he finally grows the balls to do something about it, obviously, by the end of this segment here. I mean, he does have visions of getting her the fuck out of here, killing her and all that stuff, but I don't think it's in his soul to actually hurt her until he finally had enough directly, exactly. But I'm curious because, like, how did they even get married? Like, how did they even... Like, when you have these two type of characters, it's just like, what the fuck happened? Like, how did, what happened? I'm assuming Henry was not getting a lot of women and she showed some interest and they got together. It's kind of like, what's his name and Shelby from The Best Man? That's what it kind of reminds me of. Okay. Shelby's loud. She's going to make her, she's going to be the center of attention. She's going to talk down to people, blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't even just Henry that didn't like her. Nobody at that damn party liked her. Nobody. She's loud as fuck. She was insulting people to their faces. She was. I mean, everybody, but nobody was saying shit to her. So it's like bad bitch energy. Nobody's fucking with me. Mm -hmm. So. Would, would you be able now, to deal with somebody like this? Like, say if your partner was like this. like Oh, would... absolutely not. <laughs> just no. keep going. Just doesn't stop. Just don't know when to shut the fuck up. Very blunt. Mm-hmm. Cursing you out all the time. Like I don't mind blunt, but there's a way to say things to people. And she does not know how to do that. No. Um, <laughs> but she's a fun character to watch. No, she is. That's why I call her queen. Like we, even though her character is very annoying in this, she is very memorable. When people talk about this yes. movie, she is one of the characters that they mentioned when Creepshow is brought up. I think she is the predecessor of Madeline Ashton because their relationship reminded me of Bruce Willis and um, from Duff Becomes Her. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Why can't I think of her name? Oh my God. Bruce Willis. Meryl Streep? Yes. Oh my God. I forget Meryl Streep's name. I do that. But that scene at the at the staircase when they're arguing, that's kind of relationship I'm getting from these two people. Um who do you think is worse? Meryl or Adrian? (laughs) I say Adrian, but at the same time, because they're all right, because they both have husbands that are pushovers. They just take it, they do what the fuck they want. I don't know. Like, I feel like we got more with Madeline. Yeah. But it means though this is so short, like you get their relationship and why, well, we don't know why she treats them this way, but we get what's going on. But with, and Death Becomes Her and Death Becomes Her and Madeline, like we can see why she treats them this way. They make it seem justifiable almost as to why Henry did what he did. Versus yes. with Bruce Willis and Meryl, Miss Streep, it's there's more story behind it, so it's a little more nuanced. Whereas this, it's kind of like, okay, I need this girl going, and I need to figure mm-hmm. out how to do it. Um, this crate, who sent this? Because it's from what does it say? <laughs> Old crate labeled 1834 Arctic Arctic expedition and it had julia carpenter on the box (laughs) who sent this in this box at this point 1982 that's almost 150 years 
Who was sent it? First of all, is that how old this college is? And second of all, who sent it? Why did they send this fucking creature in a crate to a university? And why is it underneath it? Like, who left it underneath the staircase? Like, I wonder if it got out before and somebody put it back in the crate, almost like this, and they put it back in and then put it under the stairs. But I'm like, why not kill it? True. But anyway, um, hmm. <clears throat> so Dexter, the the uh, professor and the janitor who found the crate, they go looking into it. I could somewhat understand this. They're trying to see what's in the crate. It's old, so obviously they want to look at it. I can somewhat understand that if you are somebody, a professor who looks at old shit like this. Okay. Now, when they're opening it and... Now, looking inside the way they did is crazy as hell to me. Although, me, I would have just straight up opened it, so I would have been dead if anyway. But him peeking in, and then he thinks it's emeralds because he sees eyes. Those are clearly <laughs> eyeballs. And who reaches in a box like that? Right. So he reaches in. He gets his hand is getting gnawed on and shit mm-hmm. by something in the box. Meanwhile, Dexter's looking in horror, and this creature snatches the janitor on up and is eating his fucking neck, his head, something in there. And uh, obviously, Dexter runs. I think that was the <laughs> janitor's name, Mike. I think that was his name. Mike? Yeah. Okay. That's why I got confused. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I'll, I'll, watching this again, I was confused because, all right, so he, his hand is in there, and he's like sitting by the fucking crate so i'm like oh he's dying or whatever but i would think like are you not going to try to get away because he was sitting here for a while and then yeah, the fucking eight creature grabbed him and pulled him in like he still could have had time to get away he was still alive maybe he was in shock maybe and- shock maybe yeah. he was getting off on it and then realized he was being eaten which again is probably one of the worst ways to go in my opinion yeah um but yeah, he got he got got. <laughs> um, Dexter started to panic. He ran out, and then he ran into Charlie. I just I don't understand any situation. So I guess Hen not Henry Dexter is getting the reputation that he's a little nuts or something's off with him. So he comes across. I think it's Charlie in the hallway, and Charlie is not believing anything that he is saying. So Charlie wants to go and check for himself to see what happens. And Charlie sees the dead body, or he sees blood, so he's assuming Dexter did it. But then as they get closer to the staircase, he sees a shoe in there, and he sees bite marks on it. So he wants to get the shoe to check the the size of the bite marks for for whatever fucking reason. (laughs) Not thinking this thing could still fucking be here, which more than likely it is. And of course, he gets trapped in this little nook under the staircase, and the creature slashes at him now we'll go i'll give him credit he did hit it back at one yeah. point but then the creature said oh bitch okay <laughs> and then pounced on him and ate him got him okay. out of here <laughs> so now dexter he's freaking out and he has a conversation with henry he goes to henry's he's freaking out uh wilma i don't remember where the fuck, fuck she went she went out with the girls or something so he's telling him like there's people dead they're gonna think i did it there's some creature that showed up in the fucking out of the crate it killed these people and then henry who's a punk and can't do shit on his own he's like hmm so there's a creature that can kill people 
let me go down here and take a look. So he goes down there and sees all the carnage. And then he invites his wife to come mm-hmm. down there. He leaves a note for her after drugging Dexter. <laughs> Just so he can be knocked out. So now he's basically like, oh, you have to come down here. Dexter doesn't know what he's doing. And you know you know how to solve everything. Stroking her ego a little bit. So she comes down and she's talking shit. <laughs> she's arriving looking for him. <laughs> she was talking shit the whole entire time to the point she even got ate the fuck up. The funny part to me, I know I'm jumping ahead, but obviously they, you know, they're arguing back and forth. And, um, they start arguing and stuff like that and he pushes her in front of the crate and he's like shaking her because he's trying to wake up the beast inside the crate so he's like shaking her and she's literally like you just see her fucking head going like this and she was like henry what the fuck is wrong with you just going in on um same old henry afraid of your own shadow you know what henry you're a regular barnyard exhibit sheep's eyes chicken guts piggy friends and shit for brains. And then the creature finally wakes up and the look on her face. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> just like <laughs> this thing. So it's like an ape looking creature, but it has really yeah. sharp teeth and claws. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I don't no. know what I would do, but she, yeah, she, and they did the color thing in the background with her again yeah. as she's screaming, love it, love the visuals. <laughs> and then <laughs> he, he, and then, you know, Henry, he kind of stumbles out as she's getting killed and eaten. And it's, um, I can't tell if he's feeling regret or relief in that first moment when he's out in the hallway, but maybe both <laughs> is a mixture of feelings. He cleans it up. He gets rid of all of the evidence he put, he, quickly tries to get the creature or lock the creature back up in the box. Cause I think the creature's security blanket is being inside of it. So mm-hmm. he locks it back up and he takes it to the river or a lake. To, I think it's a river. Yeah. He wants to drown it, throw it out there. He drowns it. Cause he figures the creature, if he just lets it loose, it'll just kill people all over the place. So he tries to drown it, throws it in the river and then he goes back to Dexter. They have a conversation. They basically have a gentleman's agreement that if you don't say shit, I won't say shit. Yep. And then we get the the little clip of the creature breaking out of the crate and when you see its eyes again. Yeah. Really Maybe. effective. Don't Very. have to see too much. <clears throat> I still want to know who sent this fucking crate. I want to, yeah, I want to know that too. I want a, like, maybe a little backstory or something on this creature or just another movie itself, like a little short film on this creature, because I feel like it has potential. Uh, And then maybe it can lead up to it being locked in a crate and being underneath the stairs. And then obviously we know what happens in Creep Show. Uh, But I would, I want to know what happened before all of this because, like, why is there an ape? monster creature underneath the stairs <laughs> what kind of away. creature can live that long without without food, right. water it's like hibernation and just sitting in there just waiting and it's just i don't know <sighs> thoughts so yeah this is one of my favorite ones too because i used to be scared of this thing because again, I didn't know what it was. Like obviously it looked like an ape, but like you all the things you said, like what creature can live that long without 
food or doing anything is the mysteriousness of it all. And And then then it's from the Arctic, I'm assuming, if that's where it was sent from. Right. So where in the Arctic are we talking about? There's just a lot of questions I have. Is there more of them? Like, yes, I would assume there's more. Right. You know, when I think of Arctic, I think of the thing. So I'm like, are there other alien beings or something out there Mm -hmm. that we just don't know about? Probably so. Okay. Now we have reached the last story. They are creep or they're creeping (sighs) up on you. Now, if you are a fan of protein, this is a great story for you. (laughs) this is so disgusting i used to always hate this segment i never watched like sometimes i was i would just skip it really because it wasn't the fact that it wasn't good it's the fact that it's roaches and there's a bunch of them it's so many and it's so creepy and it's just uh and like I never really understood what um, the guy was saying, but then realizing, like, watching this as an adult now, he's a horrible person. So I feel like this whole movie is about horrible men and get what's coming to them, honestly. Mm. You know what I mean? Or horrible people, I should say. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, um, le- well, let's start with Tom Atkins, because obviously he gets what's coming to him at the end of this. And then the Father's Day one, like, we, he got what you know what was coming to him but then he came back and got people out of here and then jordy i mean he shouldn't be touching shit right, from outer space mm-hmm. and then on what was the third one the 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 tide one i mean that's what happens when you cheat on people and you don't know who you're fucking with so you got to keep it cute and then the crate obviously wilma like I mean, <laughs> be respectful of people. <laughs> Learn your lessons, people. And then in this one, I mean, this guy is just—he's another horrible one. He's racist. Uh, yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all neither when I. I saw this when I was younger. Your people are great in service, for, bitch. And then he said, "You know, people of color." And I'm just like, <laughs> "No, the fuck, he did not." <laughs> His ugly ass. Uh, this man Pratt I don't, he's some sort of businessman he has a fear of germs and like contamination and like he may see like a roach here and there and he's like kind of freaking out in his place right and this apartment is very it seems futuristic but not at the same time yeah um, he has a company he owns a company and they did some sort of corporate takeover and the the owner of the rival company or the CEO of the rival company, they took their life that day. He's very happy about it. And he thinks it's a very opportunistic uh, moment for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He's rudely calling on staff because there's roaches and he wants to get things done business wise. And then there's, I can't tell. So there's a point where I'm wondering now, did these workers put the roaches up in here because <laughs> the way the guy is talking mr white at the door when he's talking yeah. to him it sounds like he's planning something yeah like his tone of voice that's why even when this uh when pratt is saying this shit like white is not really saying much to defend himself because he mm. knew what the fuck he was doing he knew what the fuck was going to happen he's like yes a pat right away i'll get that mm-hmm. done for you but he's smiling and shit yeah, and then we also got a call from the the wife of the uh, 
CEO who took his life, and she's like threatening him. She was him. cursing him out. She's <sighs> like, you're horrible. I hope you fucking die. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> oh, tell him. So then we get to a point where now roaches are coming out of his cereal box. They're coming <laughs> oh out of everywhere. And it's the music they're playing in the background. It almost makes you feel like you can hear them nearby. You can hear yes. the legs walking around. <laughs> <laughs> I was even like scratching myself. I'm just like doing this because I'm just like, I don't. Mm-mm. They're coming no. from everywhere. But imagine you cook them and eat them. <laughs> That's plenty no. of food. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so he's freaking out, obviously. They come and when I say everywhere, they're coming out of everywhere. And so he locks himself in what I assume is a panic room of sorts. And he's answering the phone in there because he has roaches. But then he sees on the bed the covers are moving. Moving. <laughs> so he removes the covers and there's more roaches. They got in there somehow. And I'm just like, how now. I know I've heard that this is supposed to be a metaphor for like minorities and shit, the roaches, because he doesn't like minorities either. Because mm. I am trying to figure out why the fuck all these roaches just randomly in his place like this. Right. But he has a heart attack. I don't know. And then we get a shot of his corpse on the floor. Mm. Now, I love this shot. I love So this do scene. I. Even though this was like creepy and just disgusting, I do love it. We see the roaches erupt out of his body, out of his skin, out of his mouth. Uh, they were Places just coming where out. things should not uh, be coming out of. You just see the roaches come everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to yeah. take individually, but I loved it. It was disgusting. And great, again, great practical effects in this one here. I mean, clearly you can tell it was a dummy. <laughs> like he was just like, <laughs> but it still looked like him and it looked good. <laughs> I love when um when Mr. White comes back and like he's like trying to get, you know, Pratt's attention, but obviously he's dead. And he says something like, Oh, Buzz got your tongue. <laughs> and mm. I'm just like, Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Did they funnel all the roaches to his place? I don't know. Probably. I need to talk to Stephen King. Um, I enjoyed this one. And okay, so do we think this is an efficient way of killing someone? <laughs> um, Flooding yeah. their place with roaches, hundreds of thousands of roaches. I wouldn't say killing them, but to like freak them out and have them suffer in the way and going through all that shit and trying to get rid of them and yeah but now if it ends up being like what he went through at the end of this movie then I mean oh well do you think roaches <laughs> would go inside of a body that was lying there I mean maybe I if they thought there was food in there probably I watched Ooh, um, I thought I just saw Guillermo del Toro don't ever do that. <laughs> you freak me out. <laughs> but I was watching Guillermo del Toro's uh, Netflix show. Oh, there, there you're back. Cabinet um, or something, the, curiosity, something. Yeah, and there was a um, a segment in that one where it was, um, what was it? Rats? 
Yeah, it was the rats. Remember the rats was all inside that guy inside the coffin? Mm-hmm. And then they started coming out of his mouth and stuff like that. that it reminded me of this. Mm. Ooh, that Ugh. reminds me of like the torture they used to, they well, maybe not used to. Maybe some people still do it, but but they would they would put like a some sort of cage or a bucket with rats over someone's like stomach or something, and then they would heat up the end of it so that it's hot and so the rats are trying to get away from the heat. So they'd burrow into the body of the person to get away mm. from the heat. That's what that made me think of. Wow. It's a great. We're watching a lot of things lately where things are coming in and out of that's not supposed to be there. Um, a new episode of Nine One One Lone Star was came out this week, and this one it takes place in Dallas, Texas, and it was for some reason raining frogs, like it was a weird Ooh. like climate change thing, and frogs was just coming down, and the guy was calling the police, and he looked up with his mouth open, and a frog literally went down his mouth and inside his throat. <laughs> So he's sitting there choking. So when the um, fire department came and the paramedics and stuff came, they opened up his mouth and you see like (laughs) inside his throat, you see the little frog peeking out from inside his throat and they're trying to like pull it out. And they eventually got the frog out. But I'm just like, what in the actual fuck? (laughs) Mm, mm. And and it was funny. Like, oh, what's the matter? Frog in your throat? (laughs) I was just like, come on. Y'all had to slide that joke in there. Frogs are big though. Let's the way it came out the sky and just went it went diving like woo. <laughs> it literally mm, was like mm. <laughs> right in his slimy. That's why. It's there right down. Eat, there. I'd rather have a roach fall in my mouth than a frog. Oh yeah, me too. <sighs> but yeah, this uh-uh. one was um cringe. It was creepy and um I do not like insects. So, yeah, just seeing them just burst out of a person's body and just, I mean, the, he's already dead. So, yeah, it's not like he was suffering or anything. He was already dead. But it was still gross. Then we get the epilogue. We are back with Tom Atkins and uh, Joe Hill. And the garbage man, Tom Savini's one of them, like Bobby mentioned. I believe the other guy is an actor who was in, like, Dawn of the Dead. I forgot his name, though. Um, <clears throat> they find the comic, the creep show comic. So they're looking at it and they're going through it. And then one of them mentions a voodoo doll. So we cut back into the house and Tom Savini is sitting at the table, his lazy ass, expecting his wife to make him some fucking breakfast or some shit. And <laughs> he's getting pricks in his neck. He's noticing pains in his body. And then we show next the kid upstairs has a voodoo doll of his father. He has made and he's poking and prodding at him. He's like, Well, this will teach you to throw out my comments. Like, I told you that kid was sadistic. Oh, yeah. He was going to be a killer when he got older. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a killer now. So, in his eyes. So, he's killing his father over a comic book. The father dies. And that is the end of Creep Show. Yes. Now, do you like this more than the sequel? Do you like the sequel more? Um, I like, I like this one more than the sequel only because of VFX and again, the nostalgia, um, I, and I was scared of this one more than the second one. The second one wasn't really that scary to me. Um, it was actually more funny 
than scary to me in the second one. Um, especially with the <laughs> the lady being um, you know, haunted by the guy that she hit and he kept oh, fucking yes. with her. Like I thought that was so funny to me because he kept fucking <laughs> with her. She deserved every bit of it. Um, and then the wrath one was just so stupid. Like it was good. I liked the effects of that one, but like the choices that they made in that one was so fucking stupid. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Um, and then the one with the statue was more sad than anything. And I, again, mm-hmm. I forgot the other one. Um, so I would say I liked this first one more just because I was more scared of this one. And I just felt like they did more with the color, the sound. And you had so many um, people that we're familiar with now that's in this one that did such a great job. So I enjoyed this one more. How about you? Um, I think this is the better one. When I think about the second movie, I think the one I really like is the lake one. I think that's the standout of the second movie. But overall, Mm -hmm. I would say this one's a better one. And I would give this probably a three and a half out of five. If I'm entertaining, it is two hours. Um, But it's still an entertaining watch. It's a good watch. So I'll give it a three and a half out of five. It has some lessons in it. Be a good person or you're going to get killed. Yes, same here. I give it a three and a half. I was thinking about a four, but um, when I now that we had this conversation and we're talking about some things, I'm just like, hmm. But I also give it a three and a half out of um a five because, yeah, um, there are some lessons like you said. I found found it scary, and it's entertaining. I love this one. I, so I everybody think... watch Creep Show. Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere unless you have to pay for it. <laughs> uh, I, so, so I was on Amazon and it was $0 for me for some reason. It said something about promotional credit. So you could buy it on Amazon Prime, like the digital version, for like $4 okay. or something. And then when I pressed mm-hmm. and then it said 0 to rent it. So I rented it for $0. Why you didn't tell me? <laughs> I thought you had it. No, I don't. I don't own this one. Where'd you watch it? You don't tell me yeah. YouTube. You need to go to Prime from YouTube. now on. I watched it on YouTube. But we text about. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is yeah. on YouTube for two ninety nine. So you can rent it on there. And it was on Shutter like a few months ago, and I don't know why they keep taking it off. But Creepshow Two is everywhere for fucking free. It's on Tubi, it's on YouTube for free, it's on Crack, it's on it's every fucking weird. But the first one, if it's not on Shutter, you can never find it anywhere for free to watch. Well, the second one doesn't have Liam Neeson in it, and neither does the first <laughs> because it's Leslie Nielsen. Exactly, and Adrian Barbo. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, that's all I got to say about that. I definitely recommend yeah. it if you haven't seen it. Um, just give yes. it again. I'm impressed by George Romero and Stephen King uh, with this and everybody else involved. I kind of wish we would get some... Maybe we need another creep show. Okay, a creep show movie like this. Not like Creepshow 3, but like this. Yeah. I mean, we've been getting the, the, the TV the show. shows and stuff. And some of them been okay, but some of them is very campy and cheesy. But I want one that's like this, that's like legit scary. Focus on like scares rather than being super campy and funny and things like that. And I think that's the same 
trap that Tales from the Hood is falling into, even though it's not a TV show, but every time they do a sequel to Tales from the Hood, it's it can never quite stand up next to the first one. Right. The second one was horrible. The third one was okay. But it's just like, what is it that y'all y'all making it more funny in, in a lot of the segments opposed to it being a little bit more darker and scary and serious like the first one was and i think that's why we all enjoyed it so yeah i would love but to I talk enjoy to some... the is it rusty it's rusty right who details from the hood he's the... yeah mm-hmm. i would love to talk i wonder rusty if Cundy. it's a, a studio thing maybe I'm curious as to the reasons why some things were done. That could be a conversation for another day. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to take us out? My mouth is tired. (laughs) I don't know why you said that. That was a joke in here, but I'm not going to say anything. Um, So... Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The People Under the Scares. We really, really appreciate y'all. Don't forget to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and also rate us five stars on Spotify. And you can find us on People Underscore Scares on Twitter and also Instagram. You can find Michael here at DaiquiriBanks86 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, Bobby Torres, with a Z, not an S on Twitter and Instagram. And show us some love. So far, you guys have been showing us some love on the review page on apple podcast and it's warming our hearts and we would just love to see more so yes thank you guys for listening and mike do you have anything else to say i do not actually but thank you bobby has covered all you are the heart of this <laughs> it was podcast. so dramatic you you know all the right things to say so you did that perfectly and i appreciate it and i appreciate all of you for listening um have a great day <laughs> Yeah, have a good day, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.